Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloane. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 92 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. This episode is brought to you by Ramping Crew patron supporters. Thank you. Today's special guest is a Ramping Crew patron supporter, Sumaya. Would you like to take a minute and introduce yourself and tell everybody about your journey with Marissa Meyer? Yeah. Uh, hello, guys. I'm Sumaya. Um, and uh, let's see. How did I start off with Marissa Meyer? Um, I, I think I... It's not a very interesting story. Um, <laughs> I just walked into the library, and I believe um, Cinder and Scarlet were already out. This was, like, back in 2015 or 2014. Um, I was in high school. And uh, I know Cinder and Scarlet were out. I don't remember. I think if Cress was out, it was either it just came out or I didn't have to have a long wait. Um, but yeah, uh, I really like fairy tales and fairy tale ad- adaptations. So when I saw the covers, I was like, Ooh, this looks interesting. Um, so I picked it up and it be- became my favorite series ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I think, um, they were actually the first books I, I bought on my own because I'm, I'm not a... I'm a big reader, uh, but I don't really buy books. I I only read books once, so I just get books from the library. But I really like these books. And uh, for my birthday, my friend gave me a $20 Barnes & Noble's gift card. I'm like, I know what I'm spending this on. Uh, so I got Cinder and Scarlet. And at some point, I bought um, Cress. Uh, but yeah, because each book is like $10. Um, and I actually had to wait for winter, which was the worst thing ever. Uh, (laughs) I remember that wait was like forever. (laughs) Yeah. I think I, it came out in 2016. So it was when I started, I was in college. Um, so I like, I, um, sadly Mm -hmm. during college, I stopped reading as much because I was so busy. Uh, but like winter was the one book I was like, I have to get that book as soon as it comes out. So that was like the first book I pre-ordered and I would like to say I'm a Marissa Meyer fan, but I actually haven't read any of her other books yet. And I'm waiting for like the perfect time. I don't know why I haven't read them yet. Well, you have time. I mean, we won't get to them for a while. So if you're waiting yeah. for the podcast, you have at least a year, right? When do we start? Yes. We have so much going on. Uh, so we won't even start her next book until February of 2023. So you have so much time. Yeah. You have two years. I mean, you could basically read like a page a day. Because I, I heard you to read I, more than that, but you could. <laughs> yeah. I I have all the – I have – um, Cinder, Scarlet, Crescent, Winter, and then I bought Stars Above. I've read it before, but I barely remember any of it, so I bought it, and I haven't read it yet, like, reread it. And I also bought Wires and Nerves, and I also haven't read that yet, because I just don't want the TLC world to end. Well, that's so. what the podcast <laughs> is for. It'll never end because the podcast exists. Yes, that's true. So I, I made 
when I was um, getting ready for the, the this episode, I like rereading these chapters. I'm like, oh, I miss reading these books. So I was, I made it like a note, like as soon as I finish the books I'm reading now, I'm going to open Wires and Nerves and I'm going to read it. So oh, hopefully so I'll read good. it within a month. <laughs> yes, they're so good. So what yeah. are you reading right now? What are the books you're reading right now? Ooh, um, I have... Uh, Okay, so I just finished The Martian by Andy Weir, um, and it's a really good book. It's very, uh, yeah, I, um, it's about, they made a movie about it, I think, back in 2015. Um, it's about uh, a guy who is uh, left alone on Mars and is trying to survive, Um So, yeah, this is the first, I think, sci-fi book I've read in a while, and it's surprisingly very interesting. I thought I was going to get bored with all the technical stuff, but it's, like, really interesting and and quite funny, actually. Good. Um, And what else am I reading? Um, I'm reading uh, Fire by Christian Cashel. Um, It's... It's a. Have you ever heard of the book uh, Graceling? I think I've seen. I'm getting a cover visual in my head, but I, I know I haven't read it. Yeah, it's like, um, like Graceling is like the the cover with the sword on it, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think this is yeah this is the second book in the series, or like it's a companion book. Uh, so that's interesting because it's. So I'm reading sci-fi, and then I'm also reading fantasy. Uh, and I actually got this one book yesterday um, from the library that looked, like, it just intrigued me. It's called Come On In by Addie L. Said, and it's 15 stories about immigration and finding home. Uh, so I haven't read it yet, but it looks really interesting. Good. Yeah. I wish I could say that I'm reading stuff right now, but I'm not. Is uh, a lot of schoolwork? (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. I'm reading Collection Development and Management by Vicki L. Gregory, second edition. So if anybody's interested in that book, um, it is about, and this is going to be surprising based on the title, but it is about collection development and management, actually. Wow. And I'm also <laughs> I'm also reading Acquisitions, Core Concepts and Practices. <laughs> and um, a guide to acquisitions, a core concept in <laughs> a core concept and practice workbook. Um, and just a bunch of other American Library Association textbooks that cost way too much money. Um, but hopefully I will be reading something soon because I get tired of reading stuff for school and not for my heart. It makes me yeah. sad. It's okay. I have a book right next to me that's um, named Beginners Linear, Linear Algebra. So that was that sounds worse. <laughs> well, I mean, I actually really like the logistics side of librarianship. I'm very organized, and so I like learning about that stuff. But it's, of course, you know, like it's an interesting thing for me to learn, and I know it's valuable, but that doesn't mean I enjoy it as much as I do reading TLC, for example. Yeah. So, or one of the other 9,000 books on my TBR. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm a math person. Like, I'm a reader. It's weird because I'm a reader, but I'm not a writer. Like, 
I wish I could write well, but I just like not the best writer. And I know that. So which is why I went into electrical engineering for my degree Mm -hmm. and math, because I'm like, I really like straightforward. Well, I shouldn't say that (laughs) because it's (laughs) a lot harder, (laughs) but I like the math and like numbers and just like knowing like if you know what you're doing, then you know what you're doing. It's like it's I don't know. It's hard to explain. But yeah. yeah, writing is very um, inconsistent sometimes. You know, you X plus Y equals Z is always going to be X plus Y equals Z, but like writing changes every day, yeah. all day, every day it changes. Um, exactly. The, the main character in the book I've been writing has changed about 13 times. And I think I finally found her inner voice, but it's very different than the first draft. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely get that. Anybody who's ever talked to an author or, um, you know, looked at the, the deleted scenes on a DVD knows that like, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't ever, I thought I wanted to be a writer, but, um, I praise all amazing writers out there. I'll just uh, do my little equations. (laughs) (laughs) I praise all amazing mathematicians out there because I think that math is so incredibly difficult for me um I can I can do you know like basic algebra I still got an A in but as soon as you start talking about like matrices and theoretics things like that just completely out of my realm I don't want to deal with it and a lot of it too I'm like what am I ever going to use this like yeah I remember my high school math teacher saying, like, you'll use this stuff every day, I promise you. And I often want to message him and be like, okay, about to finish my master's degree and still haven't used it. Yeah, I I used to work in medical billing and data entry and never used it. Like, I used to be a manager at a restaurant and never used it. Like, I need to know when it kicks in, bro. (laughs) Yeah, it's only useful for specific majors because Mm -hmm. um, I agree. Yeah. Even the classes I'm in, I'm like, okay, I know at some point this will be important, but I can't wrap my head around this. (laughs) I can't understand why this is supposed to be valuable information. (laughs) So we actually have a couple new reviews to read um, that we got pretty much in the same 10 hour period. So that was exciting because we haven't had a new review um, in a while. They don't come in as often as they used to. It makes me sad. Um, So the first one is from K-A-R-I-C-T-R on Apple Podcasts. Five stars says, this is awesome. I have been looking for a new book series for a long time now because I have read and reread like six times all of Marissa Meyer books. Then I realized that I could listen to a podcast about books. I love this podcast so much. You explain the book so well. Thank you. Uh, You're very welcome. And I'm glad you like it. Yes, we all like it. <laughs> the next one is from Cora. Hi, my name's Cora, and I'm 13. I love your podcast so, so much. The Lunar Chronicles are my favorite books, and I don't take that lightly. She put three explanation points after that word. Like, she really wants us to know that <laughs> <laughs> I read them over 10 times through, and I was Scarlet for Halloween. I'm only on the first chapter of Scarlet, and I'm and in you podcast, but it's amazing. And I'm trying to catch up as fast as I can. I definitely give you a podcast five stars. And then she actually manually entered like 12 stars. Oh, yeah. I see it on your Instagram. 
Yeah. <laughs> She's like, it gives me five stars, but I'm going above that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is above, great. Yeah. Thank you. And then just a quick reminder, there is still this secret listener giveaway going on. Uh, which will go on. I think it's. I think I said until the end of March. So make sure, or the end of February. So make sure that you are paying attention to the episodes and sending me an email. I do want to point out it's just one per person. Um, I had one person send me nine different emails, but it was all the same first and last name. <laughs> and I, I emailed him, and I was like, "Sorry, it's just one per person." He was like, "Worth a shot. It is worth a shot. I totally get it." But, you know, maybe change your name to, like, John Smith or something so it's not the same name. (laughs) You know? Thanks for reminding me. I've only gotten, like, 10 entries, so it makes me feel like maybe I don't have as many listeners as I thought. (laughs) I listened to it, and I'm like, I need to send her an email so she knows I listened to it. (laughs) So I will send it. Yeah, I was like, none of my Patreon people uh, sent me an email, so I guess nobody on Patreon even listens. (laughs) (laughs) We're on. We're just on Patreon to vote for the song titles, right? Like we just want to name the songs and get yeah. birth and get birthday cards. So, <laughs> <laughs> Ella. Last speaking of song titles, last week Patreon members voted for Chapter Forty Six and Forty Seven. Chapter Forty Six is "Life of the Party" by Sean Mendez, and Chapter Forty Seven is "There's a Good Reason These Tables Are Numbered, Honey." You just haven't thought of it yet by Panic at the Disco. That is and... such a long song title. <laughs> I know it. It takes me back because, like, early Panic at the Disco and early Fallout Boy used to name songs, name their songs titles that had nothing to do with the content of the song. And so, as soon as I got that one from Patreon member Hannah, I was like, "This takes me back so much." <laughs> takes me back to being like seventeen and thinking I was cool and jamming out to Fallout Boy. And yeah, I still think I'm oh, cool, but. Good. I love you are cool. You're the coolest. <laughs> Fan Art Friday from February 5th by Shan Lightyear, who is also a Patreon member. It is my preferred version of the cover of Crest. Sorry. Yes, as much as I, I love agree. the new covers, they are very edgy. Um, they have a lot of hard angles, and I'm I like soft angles <sighs> when it comes to artwork, especially for these books. So I definitely prefer this cover. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely feel like it um, captures Cress's, um her age and uh, her, mat- her her innocence. And she mm-hmm. looks a lot. I feel like in the original cover, she looks really tall. Yeah, she yeah. actually looks her height here, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not big on the, the harsh sharp angles so I think I like this because it's a little bit softer but I think it's also a better representation of the description we get of her stature of her height and her size and stuff yes yeah the second one is by T-A-N-T-A-L-I art also on Instagram and it is of Cinder and Lavana at the ball now I know we haven't had these chapters in like a year but I saw this and I really loved it. Cinder's like a foot shorter than Lavana and like trying to size herself up. I love the muscles in Cinder's back to prove. I was going to say that. I love that because they made her muscular. Because a girl in her, in her position in life as a mechanic, like, you know, she lifts the, the pieces of equipment all the time. Like she would have at least some tone and definition. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I love the like blurred people in the background with shocked expressions and her dingy, dirty gloves. Now, I don't like that you can see her cyborg leg because I think that's an inaccurate representation of what happened in the book. But otherwise, I think it's great. And of course, the cyborg leg is there for no, for so that we as the, the viewer know who this is supposed to be right when we look at the picture. Yeah, I like the boot that they included. Yes, the Pearl's boot. boot. <laughs> Those boots make your ankles look fat. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how regal Lavano looks. We barely see her, but I feel like she has this this presence to her. Yeah, I've actually never seen fan art of this scene, so it's it's very cool to see. I love trying to find fan art that's um a little bit more scene depiction because I feel like we get so much fan art that's sort of portrait uh, and it's just like the features of one character and so I love trying to find fan art that's like of a scene or a setting or a location or even a side character like Dr. Erlon or Contorin or Sybil Mira because I feel like we just don't get that as much and I love having those physical representations. Yeah. Yeah. So big thank you to both these artists and you can find more of their work on Instagram. Um, And now we can do chapter discussion. (laughs) So now last week we left off. Chris and Wolf were infiltrating the palace as guests and Aiko was infiltrating as a staff member. We're in Cinder's perspectives. They're in the tunnels on their way to the palace. And these are some fancy escape tunnels with smooth concrete walls and well-lit hallways and they are fit for an emperor Uh, yeah as as they should be cinder um part of me does kind of like when i hear tunnel in this context i do picture like dank walls with like torch lights and um like a dust floor and maybe you can smell mud and stuff but in this day and age, a tunnel that was built for this purpose is going to be concrete with lit walls and things like that. Yeah. It's more or less going to be like an underground hallway than what we picture when we think of the word tunnel. Definitely um, <laughs> seems like uh, uh, it's, I assume it's, they, they dust it and clean it probably every month or else that, that place would be filled with cobwebs. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like, if there's a, some way that they could do that, like, they probably have, like, an Android service, right, that goes out there and takes care of it, like, every first of the month or something. Oh, yeah, that's true. Probably Android. Like, there's probably Android maid services. I wish I had an Android to clean my stuff. <laughs> that would be nice. We got, you know those um uh, robot vacuums? Uh, the, the Roombas? Yeah, like, I think there's, like, a lot of different brands. I don't know if we got a Roomba, per se, but um, a couple weeks ago, we got, like, a one of those vacuum robots, and we thought it was going to be, like, super cool, but it just kept bumping into walls and going over the same <laughs> over and over again. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's how that's how life works, right? You you uh, invest in the super cool thing, and then it it doesn't turn out to be what you thought it would be. Yeah, it, it's a uh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it was a a thing that my uh, cat liked to play around with. I feel like that's what my, I feel like that's what it would be in my house. It's just something the dogs chase. Yeah, 
<laughs> I'm not sure it would actually uh, get a lot of cleaning done. The dogs would just chase it. Yeah, once or Scam would find a way to deactivate it. Once the robot gets arms, then I'll tr- try it again. I'll buy another one. Good point. Good <laughs> point. When it can actually have a pincher grip and uh, posable thumbs, then it's going to be more profitable. Yes, I'll buy an Ico Android, please. Oh, please do. And please name her Ico and get her pearls. <laughs> and yes. draw lipstick on her. <laughs> if we ever that would make get, me really happy. If robots ever happen, I will do that. I think all I, of the TLC will do that. All the all of the fandom would do that. I think so, so for sure. Yeah. I would be very disappointed if at least half of us didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Marissa has to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I did get a confirmation email from Marissa like last week, I think. Um, and she will be doing another bonus Easter egg episode with me at the end of Cress. So that is very exciting. Yay. Yay. Don't I mean that's not until like we won't finish Crest until like the end of April, but still something to look forward to, guys. I will say, when I joined the Patreon, I I found your podcast. Literally, um, well, I I was I was reading reading the books like in quarantine, and I'm like I really need to find a podcast. So luckily, you had one, and <laughs> um, and when I got to it. You just finished Scarlet and we're about to start Cress. And I'm like, no, Cress is my favorite book. And suddenly, like, we're already, like, more than halfway through the book. And so it, I know, it isn't that crazy? Fast. Yeah. It, I it actually worked pretty far ahead. So I've already finished taking notes for Cress and started on Ferris. Um, and it feels very surreal because it's like, I just, I feel like, in some ways, I feel like I just started with Cinder, you know? Yeah. And the podcast is so different now. Like I have a different guest for like every episode and I get to meet all these new people. And I have a Patreon, which is basically just friends who give me money, which is very nice. Um, (laughs) Quentin says it's like a tipping service. It's like when you go out to eat and you like the food, so you give them an extra 10%. That's what it's like. (laughs) I mean, you make the podcast, but we can also be friends. That's what I mean, if you join Patreon, you get five episodes a week, a month, and it's only a dollar. So, I mean, that's less than quart- a quarter an episode. If you're buying music on iTunes, it's like a dollar twenty nine. So, yeah, yeah, and episodes pretty- are so much longer. Music is like so five some episodes long. are like three hours long. So, <laughs> <laughs> those are my favorite episodes. Good. I get so many people that are like, I mean, I don't want the episodes to be so long, but then when it's a shorter episode, I wish it were longer. So I don't know. And I'm like, well, then they're just going to keep being long. Yeah. <laughs> Gives me uh, something to listen to while I do my errands. Exactly. That's when I listen to podcasts or when I'm like cleaning or something. Or right now I've been crocheting a secret project um, for Marissa Wink Wink. So mm-hmm. I've been listening to podcasts while I'm crocheting. That's and so eating cool. saltines. I don't know why, but every time I crochet, I feel like I need to munch on saltine crackers. That's I know it's uh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's I weird. I will say I love chips. Saltines are just or they dry out your mouth so easily. 
I don't know why I love them so and I don't eat them with like peanut butter or jelly or anything like I just eat them out of the package by themselves nothing on them I don't know why I love them but I do it's like my favorite snack <laughs> that's cool it's probably healthy yeah. chips. <laughs> uh, I don't know it's just got just as many calories <laughs> <laughs> so Cinder considers leaving Dr. Erlon and Thorin because they're they're they are so slow. She thinks about offering the doctor piggyback ride, which I desperately need some fan art of this. I need, I cannot stress this enough. I need fan art of Cinder giving Dr. Erland a piggyback ride. Okay. Yes. Same. So if you're listening would- and you're an artist, that is your new project. <laughs> it is guaranteed to get shared. I will say that. I made a note saying um, I would take it. I would want a piggyback ride from Cinder. I would want a piggyback ride from anyone. Okay. Yes. Same. <laughs> if someone offered me a piggyback ride, I'd be like, yes, an excuse not to use my legs. Go for it. Pick me up. Don't drop me. Yeah. Um. Just like Dr. Aland, I have very short legs. So I, exactly. I, I'm always like catching up with people. You know, the, the, um, step counter I have a step counter on my phone and I always if I'm walking I'll walk with like someone I always have more steps than them even if we walk the same distance me too literally taking more steps Quentin is a foot taller than me so I've gotten in the habit of walking rather quickly to keep up with him and so like my sisters were here and walking with me and they were like you walk so fast and I'm like I'm sorry it's a really bad habit (laughs) I can't break the habit now. It's too difficult. It's okay. It's more exercise. It's more steps. Yeah. <laughs> it's more steps for my Apple Watch. What do you think of these tunnels that are filled with stack rooms and power generators and furniture and electronics and enough space for not just the royal family, but half the palace staff? Uh, I think that's a great um, quarantine. <laughs> Uh, right? I'm sitting here thinking like we've all been in quarantine for months now and I remember the beginning of quarantine was like everyone freaking out that they're going to run out of supplies and it seems like this is fine like they've got enough for half the staff if not oh no it doesn't say half the staff it says all the staff so everybody that works there is is safe too yeah that's amazing uh I mean if when it says the only thing you have to think about is they have all these centrals, but you need to make like, especially with us and with everyone in quarantine, we've gone through this. Um, you need something entertaining as well. So you don't um, go crazy on each other. Yeah. I feel like it says electronics. So maybe there's like a room of port screens or something. Yeah. And Kindles. To just like chill out so that yeah. people don't like cause fights. Go crazy. <laughs> There's like a small exercise room somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody takes turns running up and down the hallway. Yep. At some point, Thorne had to give his cane to the doctor because the doctor is like wheezing and can barely move. And Cinder is like, do you need a break? But he doesn't want a break because of his crescent moon is up there. Yeah. And he, so he needs sad. to be there for his crescent moon. I I do like how Thorne is like, um, isn't it a full moon tonight? 
<laughs> I love that it goes like right over Thorne's head, but again, it is a little out of left field. So I get that Thorne is like, uh, what? Yeah. And Cinder is the same way. She's like, are you hallucinating? You okay, bro? Yeah, the doctor is like, like, I'm always hallucinating. <laughs> I'm always hallucinating. It's fine. I'll catch up to you later. You guys keep going. <laughs> So they get to the end of the tunnel and it's a steel wall with no hinges and no door handles, a fail safe so that if anyone found the tunnels, they couldn't just brush into the palace. It's meant to be opened from the inside. So we wait and we wait and we wait, but then we hear a noise, uh, a little melody on the door and it's Ico. Yay. I love it. Welcome to New Beijing Palace. We love Ico. I love Iko so much. And every time she's, like, walking around in her, her new body, I'm like, yes, queen. I'm so happy. <laughs> so now we're in Thorne's perspective. They left Cinder. It's just him and the doctor, who hasn't quite warmed up to him, which I have issues with. It's pretty obvious that the doctor doesn't like Thorne because he doesn't feel that Thorne is worthy of Cress's adoration, right? Yes. But... I feel like the doctor lost the right to be that heavy handed. Am I wrong exactly. about that? No, that's exactly like, what I think. <laughs> I feel I feel bad saying that because I know I've said before, like how how much I blame the doctor for his daughter being taken. And there's so many people that are like, it wasn't his fault. It's the law. They literally pried her from his hands and he's done all this stuff. And like, look, I'm not holding it against him. I'm not. Okay. I'm just saying that in this instance, Thorne has gone out of his way on multiple occasions to save Cress's life, and the doctor didn't. Whether he could or not, he didn't. Um, and so it, it bothers me a little bit that it's like, I don't know, it, just, it bothers me that he like doesn't like Thorne because Cress has a crush on him. Because it's like, okay, that's fine, I guess, but Thorne has proven himself more than you have. Yeah, because... I mean, he is her dad, but, like, in a sense, he hasn't raised her. And he, so he really has, like, no right to feel responsible or feel protective when, I mean, she grew up all by herself, essentially. Right, like, he has no claim on her. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to say it. He clearly loves her, um... He clearly loves her. He clearly never not loved her. But I don't know. It just it feels a little heavy handed to me that the doctor is so strict on Thorne and so harsh on him. Um, and not necessarily that Thorne is like the greatest guy in the world. You know, we have had discussions in the Patreon extensively um, <laughs> about Thorne and his many, many faults. But I don't necessarily think that he is deserving of the judgment from the doctor himself. Maybe Cinder, maybe Scarlet. You know, I could get those people who've had um, a much more reputable past, but um, maybe just not the doctor. Yeah. I feel like the Patreon is everyone except Sarah loving on Thorn <laughs> <laughs> And Danielle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know, that's probably a good thing because we're immune to his flaws and we shouldn't be. 
So we need someone being like, you guys, he's not good. <laughs> like Sarah's like the mama bear that's like, look, I know he's hot, but there are some serious red flags here. <laughs> like, but he's Flynn Rider. <laughs> <laughs> there are red flags with Flynn Rider too. Oh. No. <laughs> so the doctor doesn't feel like fixing Thorin's eyes is a priority. Um, <laughs> I mean... It's not, right? Like, it is, right? Because obviously it would be better if you had a pilot who could see. Yeah. And it would be better for Thorne if he could see. And when else are they going to get the opportunity to fix his eyes? But in the big grand scheme of things, kidnapping the Emperor is the main goal. So that is the priority. And doing it safely, I should say. Like, they, they need as many people as they can to help, I guess. And Thorne, like, his abilities has really dwindled since he is blind because he's not used to it and Good so point. I will say it is I guess a little important but I also kind of see the doctor's point I mean, <laughs> the point I mean I think most of his like he's just annoyed with Thorny he's like why do I have to do this right like if it was Wolf or Scarlet would he even hesitate to fix their eyes yeah yeah So everyone's distracted by the wedding. Uh, they have to use the stairs and Thorin is missing his cane because now he gave it to the doctor and now he has to take these stairs without it. He's worried about Cress, but he reassures himself. She's with Wolf. She's okay. They get to lab 60, which is where he, which is where Dr. Erland met Cinder in the first place. And the doctor is like completely out of breath. He's wheezing. Um, he's gulping for air and Thorne is like, um, should we maybe take a break? We don't want to rush this. You're about to shove a sharp object into my pelvic bone. I feel like, I feel like we shouldn't rush this. I like how, um, uh, when Dr. Allen asks if he's nervous, Thorne is like, yes, yes, I am. Yeah. I love that. I love this character trait in Thorne because I feel like he's the type of, I feel like this is the type of character where toxic masculinity could easily be evident where he could be like, I'm not, I'm not nervous of anything. I'm not afraid of anything. And I love that he like doesn't sugarcoat stuff. Like when they were in Paris or not Paris, when they were in Ryu and they first met the wolf and soldier and Cinder was like, are you scared? He's like, uh, yeah, that guy was terrifying. Yeah. And now Dr. Erland is like, are you nervous? And he's like, duh, why wouldn't I be nervous? Like he's very quick to admit those um, vulnerabilities of his. Yeah, that's that's something I like. Like honesty is always I, the I best would say, policy. Yeah, the best policy. Yeah. Which right now, Doctor Erlon doesn't have a lot of. No, he stresses me out with his lack of ability to communicate. <laughs> yes, old dogs, new tricks, right? Yeah. Yep. I love this quote. Just like you, to finally show a bit of humanity beneath the arrogance. And of course, it's only a concern for yourself. I'm hardly surprised. I feel like this is what Patreon member Sarah has been saying about his character for weeks now is that, like, he doesn't seem to have a lot of care or concern for the people around him. He seems, like, carefree on the, the border of neglectful. And then he finally shows a little bit of humanity, but it's only about himself, not even about other people. Yeah, I did say, um, I made a note and I said he did, was, he was concerned for Cress 
like the page before, but he he didn't say it aloud. It was like a thought in his head. So he doesn't really like say, oh, I'm worried for everyone else. I'm a big proponent of just because you don't say it out loud doesn't mean it isn't true. Um, I know I've had, I've talked to people before that are like, how come you never struggled with this when you were doing that? And I'm like, well, I did just because I didn't talk about it doesn't mean it wasn't um, difficult, which is why I've gotten more open about like explaining that like, yes, I work very hard on school and I get good grades, but that doesn't mean that it's not exhausting or overwhelming. And it doesn't mean that I don't work hard. Because I do, and it is, and it's a lot of work. I won't pretend that it's not. And I I feel like some people just don't air that information. And it's also, it's not like Dr. Erland asked him. It's not like he's even remotely taken the time to try to get to know Thorne on a personal level. He just like immediately sized up his character, decided who Thorne was, and left it at that, and has been judging him based off of those preconceived notions from the beginning. Yes. I mean, I will, yeah, because I was going to say, like, he you don't have to say it like to show concern but mm-hmm. in dr erlon's point of view like he's thorne's never said anything which is why he thinks that but also you're you're right he's never actually had a conversation with him about it right he's never come out and and been like aren't you worried about her and not necessarily that he has to but, like, maybe he could have a moment where Thorne is really quiet and the doctor is like, you okay? And Thorne is like, just worried about Cress. Let's get going or something. And I realize that this isn't necessarily an organic moment for them to have this kind of connection where they're both worried about Cress and they're both worried about Cinder. But I, I just don't – I don't know. It, it bothers me that just because Thorne hasn't said out loud if he's worried about someone or something, that means it doesn't exist because I just don't feel like that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like the podcast, for example, is very, um, I try really hard to not be political. I celebrate things that I think are monumental, like having our first female um, vice president. But I don't like to talk about politics on the podcast because I feel like we just get that from all angles everywhere else. And it's nice to have a place where we don't have to talk about that. That doesn't mean that I don't have an opinion on it. It doesn't mean that I'm not concerned about the welfare of the country I live in or the future that it has or how it affects the rest of the world. It just means that I don't talk about it on the podcast. Yep. It's, you know? It is nice to just have an area where people can share their interests without it getting political. Yeah, I feel like everything is so political. I listen to so many podcasts, you guys, and I love all of them. But sometimes they go on tangents that are very like politically driven. And I'm like, okay, but if I wanted to listen to that kind of thing, I would just scroll through Facebook, like get back to Harry Potter. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So let's exactly. get back to our story so that I don't fall down that path myself. <laughs> the doctor says he does owe Thorn for keeping Cress safe and rescuing her. And Thorne reveals to the doctor that Cress was imprisoned on the satellite for seven years and that prior to that, uh, she lived in these lunar tunnels. He reveals that Sybil was collecting their shell blood. This is a moment with the doctor. The doctor has like an epiphany of some kind where he's like, I may have just made a very important discovery that must be shared with Emperor Kaito and the other Earthen leaders immediately. Stars, that's why they wanted them, the poor children, my poor sweet crescent moon. The timing doesn't make sense. She was taken before Letamosis even broke out here on Earth before it was even known to exist. So the doctor has put together 
um, some kind of of mystery board in his head with red wires everywhere. Like something just clicked for him. And we don't know what that is. We don't know what it is. <laughs> no, we don't know what that is. They, he can't talk to any of the Earthen leaders until they're done with this charade. They only have a few minutes to get started. And they have to get started now. So he'll, it'll have to wait until later, which means for the reader, it also has to wait until later. See what you did there, Marissa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Building the suspense, making sure I want more. Making the gears in our brains turn. Yes. So the doctor sets off the letimosis alarm and gets to work on Thorne's eyes. And that is the end of chapter 48. Um, Kind of a big cliffhanger with that little reveal that the doctor made some kind of um, scientific epiphany that needs to be shared with the world leaders. So what was your title for chapter 48? Ooh, Okay. So I picked um, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish because um, this is like the point of view of Dr. Erlon, like, because the way he's talking to Thorne and, and stuff, it's like, it seems like he, he, he thinks Thorne is like a bad guy. So like some of the lyrics are... Uh, think you're so criminal. Thorn was a criminal. Uh, <laughs> criminal mastermind. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, don't say thank you or please. It's kind of like when he was like, "Oh, you have no." When he said when about the like no concern for everyone but but himself. Oh, so um, true. And that I do what I'm wanting to. Uh, I soul so cynical. And I like the the chorus or not. It's it's the the lyrics where it says you're a tough. So you're a tough guy, like a really rough guy. Just can't get enough guy. Chest always so puffed guy. And that's how I think Doctor Erlan sees Thorn as. I I completely agree. That's exactly how he sees Thorn. He's like, oh, you're I, so full of yourself. Yeah. I also because this chapter. I was just like so like why, why doesn't Thorn connect the dots? Because like Doctor Erlan's always like oh my poor Crescent Moon, and you don't deserve her. I feel like Thorn could have like connect like thought about it a little. So I also chose um, it's an American idiot. <laughs> like I'm not calling Thorn an idiot, but I just thought it was funny to be like oh he's not. Um, I mean, in really? this situation, I completely forgot to put that one on Patreon, so I apologize. Oh, um, no, I put it as a, like, I don't really have any lyrics that goes with it. I just like the title, American Idiot, because it's like, oh. I think it's fun to, like, um, discuss it, because that is a very, like, politically driven song, so obviously those the lyrics don't necessarily fit, but, like, Thorne, he is kind of an idiot. He's very obtuse. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which is proven throughout the series time and time again. And he is American. So, yeah, I yeah. get it. It works. Yay. <laughs> I chose Why Can't We Be Friends by Smash Mouth. Because just because the doctor and Thorne can't seem to get along, even though they're both on the same side. And they both like, they're both concerned about Cinder and Cress and the greater good. And they still can't seem to find a way to get along. So that's what I chose. Yeah. 
I like that. So what was your quote for chapter 48? Um, I chose uh, a quote where it says, The doctor had to stop twice to catch his breath, and Thorne waited, trying to be patient, all the while all the while wondering what Cress was doing, if she would be ready when the time came. He didn't dwell on it. She was with Wolf. She would be fine. Um, I also like how much confidence he has in Wolf. Um, so it also kind of shows their friendship. Uh, so yeah, that's why I picked that quote. So I picked um, from page 429 from the doctor. I may not like you, but I am aware that we are on the same side and we are both invested in seeing Cress and Cinder leave this palace today alive. They are on the same side. They do have the same motivations. They do have the same goals and concerns. And I appreciate that Dr. Erland, despite his like sass and passive aggressive attitude, can at least acknowledge like, look, I don't like you. I just don't. Okay. But <laughs> We are on the same team, so I'm going to do my job and help you. You just do your job and help me. Like, I just appreciate that level of honesty from Dr. Erland. Especially because I don't feel like, I feel like sometimes we don't get enough honesty out of Dr. Erland. So those rare moments are nice for me. Yeah. I will say he does say here that he, that they're both invested in seeing Cress and Cinder. But then before he was saying... How? You only care about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of. I don't uh, know. I feel like the doctor too. just doesn't like Thorne. So any excuse, yeah. like any um, way to disregard him, he's going to take a shot at it. Yeah, I see. There are no low blows as, as far as the doctor is concerned. It's all necessary. Hey guys, my name's Abby, and I co host the Book Life podcast with my best friend, Mo. We cover fantasy, sci-fi, and historical fiction books and talk book-related topics like our favorite character types, world building, and books versus their movies. New episodes drop every Monday on your favorite platform. Now, back to your show. So chapter 49, we're in Cress's perspective. The wedding starts in 27 minutes and none of the guards have left yet. So she's kind of starting to get really antsy that the Letimosis alarm hasn't been turned on yet. They're running out of ways to stay inconspicuous. I love, 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 love that all these girls are like making googly eyes at Wolf and Kress has to constantly run interference. <laughs> it's so funny. I think it's so cute. Also because like this is such a good service to like Scarlet and she doesn't even know that it's happening. Not that Wolf is even remotely interested in anyone besides Scarlet, like duh, but I just love the concept that Cress is, like, running interference. Like, every time somebody hits on Wolf, she's like, oh, stop it, okay? He's taken. I'm standing right here. I'm his, you know, wife or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what Wolf's reaction is to all this. I, I genuinely think he's completely disinterested and ignoring them. Like, if anything, every time it happens, he just rolls his eyes. I don't think he even acknowledges that they exist. They're not Scarlet. <laughs> they don't matter. Yeah. I will say I really like um, Cress and Wolf's friendship. Like that's one of the friendships I think are overlooked, and I just I love their friendship so much. So they I'm so a really happy. Nice dynamic. She's I think she's often seen as well, not seen as she's small and vulnerable, innocent, somewhat weak because she doesn't have a lot of physical strength, and she's um, a little bit unknowledgeable of the world, socially inept. 
And then Wolf is just this like big mountain. <laughs> yeah. They're like the the smallest and biggest of the crew. It's like the mouse and the lion are besties. I love it. Yeah. I like the moment where it says that touching Wolf makes her uneasy. Pretends to laugh at his jokes, which is difficult because it's hard to imagine him making any jokes. So she <laughs> she still only knows him on like a surface level. She just knows him as like this ridiculously strong lunar that's obsessed with some girl named Scarlet. But she's starting to, I think, see another side of him in this chapter. Yeah. That he uses that strength to protect other people. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think this is where their friendship really blossoms. I agree. You know, the last chapter that they were together, it was more like, oh, here's, like, Wolf wouldn't even act the part. Yeah. Um, of the husband. Uh, and I think now, like, they're they're warming up to each other more. Which is nice. I completely agree. So plan B, Wolf already has one. They go on as planned, but he has to knock out a lot more guards. And just then, two guards leave. So Wolf and Crest, that's their exit. They pretend to be drunk and confused if anyone approaches them. But they do finally get to where they're going. Crest knows where all the cameras are hoping that they're not recognizable like everybody else. Wolf might not be, but if Sybil sees Cress on the cameras, she's going to know who she is, right? Yeah, definitely. Although I, I, I guess the concept is like, why would Sybil be looking at the cameras? Why she thinks Cress is dead anyways? Like, I don't know. I just feel like she's saying she's not recognizable. I feel like Sybil would recognize her. Yeah, I feel like it would be more likely that Sybil would be at the... Where so where are they? They're in the they're like in the palace waiting. So they I They were like, in the ballroom and now yeah. they're now they now they're traipsing through the palace. So maybe Sybil is preparing with Lavana, yeah. like she's her um lackey, so she's getting her ready. Yeah, I would say like it's probably in not like likely, but it it's more likely that like what if she just bumps into Sybil? Because they're technically, most likely in the same area. That would be even more detrimental. Yeah, that I that would be terrible. Yeah, that would be that. I mean, I'm not sure that they could come back from something like that, right? Yeah, because because Wolf's right next to her, right? Yeah, and he could easily be controlled, as we've seen before. So, yeah. Let's hope that doesn't happen. They're running out of time. They walk over this giant sky bridge into this big plant room. Cress removes a secret lunar camera. And they override this android so they can get into the elevator. Which they do because Wolf uses his fingernail to unscrew the the latch so that she can get to the port screen. That is kind of creepy. I I love it though. It's it's like I kind of so I'm funny. like picturing doing it with my fingernail and my fingernail breaking and how much that would hurt. I think. I think, I think that's where my brain goes. Wait, so I think he it says he dug his fingernails into the groove and then snapped the whole panel off in his fist. So like, he like just ripped off the panel, right? Yeah, but why did he put his fingernail in the groove to flip it up, right? Yeah. 
That yeah, I can't. I don't know. I feel like my fingernail would break if I did that. <laughs> Maybe I have really weak fingernails. I don't think my fingernails would even get through. <laughs> I just. I know, them. right? Like, I feel like mine. Mine aren't very long because I type so much, and I don't like long fingernails on a keyboard. So I keep mine pretty short. Yeah. Makes you think how long Wolf's fingernails are. <laughs> Ew, I don't like thinking about it. <laughs> Are his sharpened to a point the way that Rand's were? I don't... No, I don't think so, because Scarlet made a point of saying how disgusting Rand's fingernails were. Right, I feel so, like she would have said yeah. the same thing if wolves were like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Questionable. So there's been a level one security breach, and the android offers them tea while they wait. That's kind of cool. I will say, um, up until this time I read for this uh, um, episode, I thought the tea was coming out of the android's body. <laughs> and I'm like, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's just like they open a panel and then like a, a teapot comes out and it's like, here's your tea. I mean, that would be cool, but the logistics of it don't work very well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, oh, she just pointed to an alcove, okay. Yeah, she's just pointing to, like, a little sitting area that has, like, a Keurig. Yeah. <laughs> so Cress is using Contorin's identity to get into the android. I love that the android is like, stop tampering with me. I think that's so funny. I just started laughing so much. Like, stop tampering with official government property. Like, st- no, stop doing this. You can go up. You can go to jail. Oh, identity confirmed. <laughs> That's the Android off. I love it. I wonder what she did to like override the the Android so quickly. It doesn't really say. It just says that she does it, and then it says like identity confirmed. Royal co- advisor Contorin. Maybe she knows Contorin's identification number, and she manually typed it in. Uh probably. Yeah. That would be my thought. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the computery stuff. Cause, uh, yes, that's your area of expertise. My brain is like, it's a computer. That's the end of the conversation. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, something, see, something electronics. That's why I'm like, I don't understand this. I couldn't do this. So, like, <laughs> Cress is... Uh, Cress is way younger than me and way smarter. I do like to think that Cress and I... This is where Ashley would come in handy because Ashley's job is like hacking, basically. I do like to think Cress and I are one and the same because we're both very small people who... um, Are good at computers? computers. Yeah, I I mean... Yeah. A little, I guess. I I can say I'm good at computers. (laughs) See, I, I like to say. think I'm like Chris because I'm also small and socially awkward and a hopeless romantic. So, and I yes, want friends. Yes. I need friends. Me Why isn't too. everybody my friend? Exactly. And I like to say, okay, I know we already like passed the the desert part, but like the reason why Chris is my favorite book was not only because of the character, but because um, they went to the like the Sahara Desert and um that's where like my family grew up and I I I think it's the first time I read in a book that had like a repre- representation and like a location that I actually knew 
Right. I really thought it was really cool. So even though they were trying to escape the desert and I'm like, oh, I know where that is. (laughs) (laughs) More than I can say for me. I've never been in a desert. Fun fact. uh, Sahara is the Arabic word for desert. So the Sahara Desert is literally just called the desert desert. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cool. I never would have known that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, um, I definitely never would have known that. That's kind of awesome. I love when names have like a subjective meaning like that. Yeah. Like um, Darth Vader. Vader is German for father. So his name is like Darth Father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think also Chai T is just TT. <laughs> I, <believe. laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I def- I get Again, I didn't know that one, but I love when stuff like that happens. Like you think yeah. it's something cool but it's actually not it's the same word it's just a word yeah desert desert i love that desert desert that just makes me chuckle (laughs) so they're in the elevator elevator (laughs) they're (laughs) they're going to the main floor and crest is like okay we're probably being watched now how long will it take the guards to react but when the elevator opens up it's a completely empty hallway And I love this scene so much. Cress imagines what this would look like if she could see it from her satellite, which is where she probably would have been watching had she not left, right? Yeah, that's like a cool movie scene. I love it. And it's such a good character scene, too, that Cress, when she's in these, like, daring and adventurous situations, finds a way to center herself and ground herself in the situation. And I feel like that's what she's doing here. She's holding on to something that is recognizable to her, that is comfortable for her, that she does know well. And she's using that to uh, sort of deal with this situation that's unfamiliar. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to take the stairs. He takes her to the stairs and she kind of freezes when she hears the boots approaching. And he tosses her over his shoulder and jumps down all the stairs in one bound. That sounds terrifying i think it sounds badass <laughs> i mean but yes wolf, ter- yeah. like terrifying but also badass like it's it's badass for wolf terrifying for Cress, who is slung over his shoulder yeah from it's an like outsider's a- perspective i'm like oh that's so cool like if i were Cress, i'd be like ah yeah it's probably like um a roller coaster when you like drop down those are so scary but also, like, they're, like, a good scary. Like, you scream, like adrenaline. you're like, yeah, adrenaline. So they get to sub-level D, and it no longer feels like a palace. There's a glass full of screens with security breach warnings flashing everywhere and a guard with a gun aimed right at them. And before Crest can even freak out or react or scream or beg for mercy, Wolf, like, just shoves her out of the way. I love this. Yeah. He protects her. I I made a comment. I said, Wolf isn't having any of this. He's no, just, he's not. He's a leader in this um, section. He's just, he's taking care of her. And I, I really like that from him. And this is a good reminder of Thorne was like, it's okay. Cress is with Wolf. Yeah, yes. This exactly. is why he feels like it's okay. Cress is with Wolf, right? Because it's like foreshadowing. 
It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say I'm definitely crossing this situation. I would scream if I heard a gunshot. That's terrifying. Yeah, I would too, for sure. Yeah. And also because in this situation, it's like, okay, but who shot who? Oh, yeah. So the guard is knocked out, but he didn't get shot. Wolf kicks the gun away and uses the guard's ID chip to enter the security room. And there's going to be more guards right behind them, so it's time to go. Now Cress and Wolf are in the security control room. I assume to do security control, right? Because Cinder, the most wanted person in the universe, is just walking around. Yeah. So what? So security control room, I assume, um, controls, well, yeah, like the doors and stuff of the palace. I also think it has all of the cameras. Yeah. Because it says so there's like can, a wall full of screens. Yeah. So they can see where Cinder is, probably help her out if they need to. Mm-hmm. And good. And Cress is there to do all the computer stuff. Right. To make the computer turn left or turn off or whatever. Yeah. To open up doors that are probably blocked off by androids like what they just dealt with. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because in the beginning of the chapter, Cress was worried that Sybil would see her. But they were going to the security room. So if Sybil was in the security room the entire time. I suppose maybe she was maybe she was worried that Sybil would see her before she had the opportunity to do to complete her mission. Ah, yeah. Maybe. That would be my thought. Yes. Yeah. But that is the chap- the end of chapter 49. So we have to wait until next week um, to find out what happens. What was your chapter title for this one? You had two. Do you want to talk oh, yeah. about those? I said I, I would pick, but then I couldn't pick. Um, well, that's so what Patreon through- people are for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll go through both of them. So I have... Um, Warrior by Steve James and Lights. Um, I chose this song because uh, it's um, it's like this is like kind of Wolf's uh, song in this chapter. It's that uh, the lyrics are: "I got my head high, my chest and my eyes open wide. I got no feet, no got no doubt, and God, I feel alive." I'm not stopping for you. I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior. Um, and then walking through fire like I never learned, waited forever, and now it's my turn. Stronger than ever, I'm ready to burn. I'm a warrior. It's just... Um... Oh, and the last lyric, I've got nothing to lose with no glory to gain. It's kind of like Wolf. He he has nothing to lose. He He's trying to, he's trying to do his best to get to Scarlet. Um, there and there's no freedom in the middle, uh, so this is this is just like Wolf's song, because um, I feel like he he deserves a song. Wolf um, is yeah he's been unconscious for most of this book, so poor guy. <laughs> yeah, like we spend all of the second book with Scarlet and Wolf, and then in the next book, Wolf is unconscious and Scarlet is captured. Yeah. So this is this is an ode that that was an ode to Wolf. I also chose 
another song kind of like for um, Cress because she's more of the nervous one. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's the song is called Gravity by Cherry Beach. Um, and the lyrics are biting my nails, running my feet against a carpet, trying to inhale so I can float instead of falling. I'm running scared. I feel like a moving target. And that's that's just, well, um, Crest trying to follow Wolf and trying to be safe. Um, it's a minefield in my mind and I'm heading for destruction. Uh, and it's just kind of showing um, Crest's uh, nervousness, but also determination uh, in getting this task done. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. So yeah. mine was um, Ready For It by Taylor Swift. I it, I mean, it's just the song is about like preparing yourself and saying that like, this is who I am. This is what I'm ready for. This is the and it's like a very get hyped song. Um, yes. And I feel like I feel like it would be like a good background song for while they're running through the hallways and stuff. Yeah. I do think that one's going to win with the Patreon. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I know. they almost, Even Swift. if I'm not the one that picks the Taylor Swift song, as soon as like my guest picks it, I'm like, yep, Taylor wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very rare that Taylor doesn't win. <laughs> it's okay. We all love Taylor. We do. So what was your quote for Chapter 49? Um, I chose... Uh, the quote, her heart leapt into her throat and she glanced at Wolf to see if he heard. But before she could speak, he swept her over one shoulder and was jumping over the stairs, leaping down to the landing in a single bound. She squealed, but then clamped her hand over her mouth to rein her sudden tear. Uh, this is the scene where they go down the stairs. I just like the... I, I just find all the scenes where like Wolf is like, and when Cress doesn't know what to do, when Wolf is just goes in, I, I just, especially the one where he jumps down the stairs, I found hilarious. So I chose that quote. That's why I chose that quote. Yeah, I love everything between Cress and Wolf and their really like the friendship that they're developing. Definitely. So I chose page 431. Cress had had to laugh dreamily and hold Wolf's hand in order to get some loitering female admirer to mosey. I just love that, like, Cress is playing interference for Scarlet's boyfriend and Scarlet doesn't even know. Like, I love the idea that, like, Scarlet is a million miles away and has no idea that Cress is, like, slapping away all the girls that are just like, oh, my God, hottie. (laughs) Hottie with a body. I also think that Cress (laughs) just wants to... um, uh, practice her acting skills <laughs> while she's yes, uh, always an opportunity to practice our acting skills i love all the sure. little acting <laughs> uh, uh daydreams because that's something i always do too i always like to like make up scenarios in my head that's never gonna happen so so true i definitely do that i am definitely yeah. guilty of that for sure 100 percent Especially, like, if I have a fight with a stranger or something, I'm like, oh, this would have been so great to say. <laughs> exactly. Like, you, you come up with, the, like, a, the perfect fight 20 hours later, and you're like, damn it. <laughs> like, that would have been a great comeback. <laughs> I would have looked so cool. <laughs> this would have made me sound so smart, and instead I just stood there. Yeah. So true. Totally get it. 
So for this week, there was two Easter eggs and one hair. Next week, we're going to cover chapters 50 and 51. Don't forget to email me to enter the secret listener giveaway for a copy of the book Cinder. Um, Sumaya, how was this? Did you have lots of fun? I know you were nervous. Uh, yeah, I was nervous, but it was very fun. I love talking to you and talking about the book and talking about Crescent Thorn and Wolf. Talk to them and, forever. Yes. <laughs> um, so can't wait to come back if I ever get the chance again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And do bonus episodes if possible and just have lots of fun together. Yeah. Yeah. I love Patreon. Patreon is the best. Especially Yay! the chat and all the new friends I made. Yeah, I feel like that's my favorite thing about Patreon is it's like, oh my god, I have friends. This is great. <laughs> Especially in a time where we're all cooped up. It's nice we to We are. <laughs> nice we're to talk so to alone. <laughs> yeah. And we're all like reader TLC Disney lovers. We are. And even stuff like outside of that, like one of the Patreon members had a bad day at work the other day and we all tried to make her feel better. So um, I feel like we're just a, a big happy group that kind of like a support system for each other. Yeah. Virtual hugs yeah. all around. Yes. So Maya, where can people find you on social media if they would like to do so? Uh, if you feel like sharing that information. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, well, my Instagram is private, but if you'd like to follow me, it's um, let me let me make sure I have I it's spelled right. <laughs> because it's like a it's like a play on my name it's oh, S- okay yeah it's s-o-u-s-o-u-a-y-a underscore and it's just my personal instagram that i barely use i, I ever since starting the podcast i don't use my instagram hardly at all <laughs> i pretty much like just use the patreon one now because i i just don't have time to do both that's fine but yeah patreon is is enough or the (laughs) prince guy fan pod one is enough yeah there's a lot going on on that one so that's enough (laughs) well i don't have anything to post now because i'm not traveling or anything <laughs> no, well, hopefully someday pictures. we'll all be doing that again um because yeah. that would make me really happy at some point i have to take grad pictures and actually post them even though i graduated like almost a year ago i know i was thinking that too that i never got a chance to get graduation pictures and it's been almost a year since i actually graduated and it's like at what point do i just be like you know what i don't get those yeah, it's sad. <laughs> they keep saying like we're gonna postpone the graduation ceremony until this semester, and I'm like, you guys, we get it. There's no graduation, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm sad because I bought my i I had to cus buy my um gown custom made because I'm so short. I'm four eight. I'm Aww. very short. <laughs> um, I went to it was actually like I went to the my friends and I. It was my idea. We went to the bookstore to get our gowns and everyone got theirs. And then I got in my, like I got in line and I like the girl looked at me and I'm like, do I have to order mine online? And she's like, yeah, sorry. We don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, you poor thing. But it like, I got it and I got so excited and then everything shut down. 
Yeah. But, uh, so I have to make my money's worth and take a picture. So I will at some point. I, I think you deserve a picture. You went through a lot of trouble to get to, you worked your butt off for that degree. And then on top of that, you worked extra hard to try and get a gown. Like you deserve to have a picture taken. Yep. So if you guys want to follow me on Instagram and see that picture at some point in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing it and hopefully um, hearing the, getting that magic message that says you got a job. Yes. Because that'll be oh. something we celebrate too. I hope I get it soon. I feel yes. bad for, because I, I haven't gotten an email back yet for the job I'm applying to, but also I applied to a the, a job in LA and I hear cases there are really bad. So I'm trying to be mindful yeah. of that. It's like maybe something's going on that I don't know about. So just trying to be patient. Yeah, in this day, it's, like, hard to be patient because you know nobody has anything to do besides stare at a screen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes, like, that's why I hate that the scene button on Instagram is, like, the worst thing in the world, I think, because it just makes me feel like, oh, they saw it. They just don't care about me enough to reply. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worthy of a no thank you. Gotcha, gotcha. That's why I like the the reactions. So you can be like, oh, I read your message. I like your message. Right. Like you don't have to say anything. A simple tap tap will do. Yeah. To know that like I have acknowledged your message. Yes. Acknowledge me. Please validate my existence. (laughs) Please. Thank you so much for being here today. I always love talking to you. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Follow on Instagram. Follow on all of the social media. Thank you for 25,000 downloads. We finally reached that goal this week. So that's exciting. Keep reading, keep listening. And until next time, don't get glamored. Don't get glamored. Yeah. (laughs) The passages read for you today are from Crest by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Patreon member Sumaya. The intro outro music was composed by Emma Pavo and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening. We got Verizon 5G home internet. It's from Verizon. Safe choice, right? Well, some things that look great end up being not so great. Like the time you bought a shrimp roll from a gas station. Or when you bought that used sports car. (laughs) What about when we got Billy that drum set? The point is, Verizon 5G home internet sounded great. But turned out to be something else. And we deserve fast, reliable internet. We deserve Xfinity. It's time for better internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts.